You know, the longer we kind of get used to it, or the more we get used to it, I guess is a better way to say that. And I want to uh, just be honest with you, and I, I'm not fabricating what I'm about to say, but not one day goes by that I don't spend more than I, probably a couple of hours total meditating on the fact that, man, the Lord could come today right now. And I mean, it's not a thought that just pops in my head. I'm telling all of you that, that it, it consumes me, not in a negative way, but it, it just really, it really bears a lot on, on my, whole, my whole thinking process. Things that used to be important to me, I just don't even pay attention to them like I did only a month or two ago. And that is because that like an anxious bride, I'm getting ready for the wedding. And, and I, I know that it, the date's drawing near. I, I really do. And a lot of people are, are just carried away with, with what's going on. And the bad thing about that is people of faith. People, people of faith act like they don't have any faith right now. And this is why you and I are together, because... I, I, I want you to build yourself up on your most holy faith. I don't want you to be people that are walking around and you're kind of labeled with everybody else that's just, you're, you're in a tizzy. And I'm saying a lot of things over again and over again. But, but I want you to know the, the, the day, the hour, and the time you're living in. But I also want to tell you again the role that I believe we should be playing. Now, a lot of people are very familiar with Second Chronicles seven fourteen, you know, if my people, I bet it's been prayed and quoted in the past two months, probably millions of times worldwide. If my people, you know, and there's a there's kind of a four or five step process in there where people just um, people kind of get lost in the process because they think, uh, well, I heard this and I heard that, I read this and I read that. And all of a sudden, you know, if I follow the process, the Lord says he would heal the land. And that is true. That's, that's exactly right. That's true. But folks, I want to tell you this morning that that's not the only time that this has gone on. And I want to give you some hope and, and some encouragement today. But I, I want to let you know that we are to be about our Father's business and we're to be thinking like He is. I, I want to give you a little backdrop of a story, of um, one of David's stories. And you know, David was quoted as having a heart, after, a man after God's own heart. God said that about him. That's, that's a great compliment right there. He's not, his heart's not after money or things or places and all or fame. He, he's a man after my own heart. And there was, there was a story in the Bible where one day, and, and I want you to think what I'm going to tell you now, I want you to think in terms of this virus and everything that's going on. <clears throat> David had, and, and I'm in Second Samuel chapter 24, but David had a, he had an idea one day that he would pride rose up inside of him, and David said, well, you know what, I think I want to 
see how many warriors I have. And the Bible says that Joab, uh, kind of the, his overseer of everything, of his military affairs, just said, listen, God's blessed you. You got plenty, of but he wouldn't hear it. So just like now, a sense is being taken. He says, no, I, 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 want, to, I want to count them. And so he persisted, and that's what they did. And see, this grieved the heart of God because pride won out over trusting what God had already done and what God was doing. And the thing really upset God bad because, see, God saved you enough to take care of your sins, folks. But I want everybody to hear me. Listen, God also saved you so He could completely take care of you. He said, you know, I don't want you to worry about anything. The birds don't worry about what they eat. The flowers don't worry about if they're going to grow again in the spring. He said, if I'm going to send my son to die for you, I don't want you to worry about this. And see, whenever we get it in our minds and our hearts that, well, uh, I can do this. See, then, then you are wanting to be your own God. You know, that's a, that's a commandment. No, no. You're, you're wanting to meet your own need. God says, no, I've taken care of you all. The, I don't care if you have a good job. I'm the one that gave you the good job. So see, God doesn't like it when pride wins out over him and his promises and his word. So he had these people numbered, and it, it was way over a million, 800,000, uh, I believe, in the, uh, the camp of Israel, and then uh, 500,000 in the camp of Judah, 1.3 million plus, minus few, take a few. And this thing really angered God, and as soon as it happened, God's, God let him know, I don't like this. And he sent Gad to tell him. He said, you, man, you, you really went somewhere you didn't have to go. And verse 17 uh, is, is where we kinda gonna, we're going to start today, but I want to tell you before I read it that he, he, told, he told David, the Lord told David, that he said, because you've done this, I'm going to give you three choices. And he gave him the three choices, and he said, I, you know, I, I, God, I, I don't know. I, these sheep haven't done anything to you. See, he kind of contradicted his own words in a way. Because then he recognized the warriors, they're still just sheep that God gave him to take care of. And he said, Nobody has done anything but me. He said, Lord, let's let me fall in the hands of a merciful God. Maybe you'll, you will take care of, of, of this another way and you'll handle it. I'm paraphrasing and all that. And then verse 17 says, Then Daniel spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people. Because you see what happened, folks. When David's pride won, 70,000 people lost. There's an old cathedral quartet song that I loved growing up hearing. And I've told you this before that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you there longer than you want to stay. And David did that. He didn't think about the cost associated with his pride. And this really is going to have a lot to do with where we are right now. Just hold on. So David spoke 
to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking those 70,000 people. And he said this, he said, Surely I have sinned, and I have done wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad, the prophet, came to him that day and said to him, Go up and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. So David, according to the word of the Lord, uh, word of Gad through the Lord, went up as the Lord commanded. And verse 20 says, Now Arana, the, the landowner, looked and he saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arana went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Arana said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now Arana said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for the burnt sacrificing, sacrifices and threshing implements and the yoke of the oxen for the wood. All these, O king, Arana has given to the king. And Arana said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said back to Arana, No, but I will surely buy it. I'll buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. And God bless your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. All through the Bible, beginning with Adam and Eve, every time you allow pride to win, whether it's throughout your life or in a moment, don't you be fooled, folks. It costs somewhere. It may cost you directly and somebody else, or it may just cost you something. But... Adam and Eve gave in. Yes, both gave in. And look what happened. It cursed the ground. It had a big effect, ladies, on childbearing. It, it, it cost millions and billions and billions of people hard times over time since creation itself. There was another time in the Bible when a man by the name of Achan, God gave them specific Rules to go in and destroy the city, but don't take the spoil. See, a lot of times God says, I want you to go in and I want you to take care of the rebellious worshipers, the idol worshipers, and then I want you to take spoil for sacrifice. Or I want you to take spoil for your family. This time God said, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You just go in and you do what I want to do. Well, see, pride got in the way of Achan, and Achan thought, more than what God said, that he could do it, and he could hide it, and there wouldn't be no harm. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Listen, you cannot date pride 
and not expect to get pregnant by it and it not conceive in your heart and then you're going to bring forth disobedience and God will always judge disobedient pride concerning Him and His Word. Always. So Achan did this. He got a few garments and some coins, and he dug a hole, he put them in the ground, and put his tent on top of it like it could be hidden from God. God doesn't sleep, God doesn't slumber, God knows everything. He knows how much hair is on your head. God knows it all. He knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. He did it, and immediately, you know what caused pride that moment? More deaths. And then the people of God that were used to winning with God, all of a sudden were losing because of pride. Pride snuck in, pride crept in, and then people died as a result. See, sin will take you farther than you want to go, and it'll cost you more than you can pay or want to pay. He did it. And every time sin comes into the camp of our life, its companion death comes with it as well. And I'm going to just tell you this. When we choose through pride to constantly please our flesh, the world will continue to constantly ignore the church. I believe the coronavirus, whatever way it got to where it started, the way the, and, and it landed at all the places that it, that it landed, I still believe with all of my heart the church could have been a mighty army we could have been louder and stronger than we've ever been through faith. See, I believe the Acts chapter 2 church could have went around praying and laying hands on the sick and they would have recovered in the name of Jesus. I, I think that the Holy Ghost would have spread more than the virus, but the church all of a sudden turned into the world, you see. And it's pride. It's pride because we don't really want people to make fun of us. We don't really want to give that much of ourselves anymore and 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 it has cost and i believe through all of this the church could have been recognized as more than a group of people that just whining because they can't get back inside of a building i'm speaking all over the world i believe the, the church has been ignored because the church has not been able to be identified through all this sure there's been great christian organizations and churches and i'm not looking down on the, that's passed out food that's done nice thing but i'm talking about the undeniable power of the holy ghost the church has not been able to be located through all of this pandemic nowhere you haven't heard about it and that's because pride we're too proud all we want is to get back in our house so we can sit in a pew or a chair and rot until Jesus comes back. And so we are ignored. And you know what? Our pride is costing us, not coronavirus deaths, our pride is costing us all over the, the church of Jesus Christ. It's costing us thousands of people continuing to go to hell when the church could have been the group that rose to the occasion and laid hands and preached the gospel and saved people from an everlasting torment. The church. The church. The church could have done that. Instead, the church allowed pride to come in, and when pride comes in, here comes this buddy death. So people die. I know this is a great message outside today, isn't it? I can feel it up here with the wind blowing. I feel a cool breeze and then I feel a hot breeze coming. You, you figure out which one's coming from what direction, okay? 
But God knows I'm telling the truth this morning. There are about five things that I want to tell you that can turn this whole thing around. How many of you would like for it to be turned around right now, by the way? I would. There's five things that we can learn from this right here today in God's Word. And I'm going to tell you real quick. The first thing is that David's pride cost. It cost 70,000 lives. David's pride cost 70,000 lives. That's a lot of people. I looked this morning and I think the, the total death rate in uh, the United States as of this morning, 84, 85, 89,000 people. But this has been over a period of months. This was over a period of overnight almost because just one act. It didn't take that, it didn't take that angel that long to, to take out 70,000 people. Would God do that? No, God wouldn't do that, but hard-headed, prideful man would do that. You see, let me tell you something. God, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. God does not set up in heaven deciding on whether He's going to do good today in this situation or bad today. Let me tell all of you this right here. This book right here is a book that's constantly in motion. There are laws like there are laws of physics, like there are uh, uh, laws of gravity. It's just the law, the spoken word of God. When you do this, this happens. When you neglect to do this, as a result of neglecting, this happens right here. So no, God wouldn't do it. But when man chooses to do outside of what God says, it's an automatic response. God doesn't have to do it. It automatically happens. That's negative. We can go back to offering if you want to. Malachi 3.10. Automatically, automatically, it's in motion all the time. If you pay your tithes, He says you're blessed. If you don't do it, you're cursed. It's an automatic swing back and forth. You, it's not up to God. God's already said what He feels about it. God's already gave us His position and His stands on everything. And that's what it is. It's not a feeling on God's part. It's not God's in a good mood or bad mood today. God can't heal coronavirus. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with His children walking in the Word and walking by faith in the midst of everything going on. So, David's pride cost 70,000 people to die. Now, I want to stay there for just one second. 70,000 people died, but look at all the family members. Look at the husbands and the daddies and the grandpas and the sons that didn't come home that day. They didn't do anything. But one man did. And I know what we're tempted. Here's your pride right now. In the name of Jesus, you need to bring it down. Listen. Well, I don't have that. I'm not connected to that many people. You're connected to a husband. You're connected to a wife. You're connected to a job. You're connected to family members. You're connected to neighbors. You're connected to co-workers. You're connected to classmates. You're connected to somebody you love. And something you do or you neglect to do could cost them. David's pride cost 70,000 lives. It's hot, and I got to sit here and listen to this. I know. I was sweating before I started to preach. How do you feel about that? Whew. But I'm going to tell you something good. 
David accepted the second thing you can learn from this, and I can learn. David accepted his responsibility, and he repented. You see, I'm not saying that a Christian is the cause of the coronavirus. I believe in Acts chapter 2, the book of Acts. I believe the Christian needs to repent because we were promised the power at Pentecost which will be celebrated next Sunday, by the way. We were promised the power at Pentecost to do something about the coronavirus. But I believe if my people... David accepted his responsibility, and he repented. But the third thing is, he just couldn't do it with his mouth. David paid. He paid. 50 shekels of silver might not have been a big deal. But see, he felt it. During all this, people have felt loss. If you're a billionaire, we all think that's a lot of money. But if you're a billionaire and you lose $999 million, all of a sudden you're not a billionaire, you're barely a millionaire. And there's countless situations like that over the past 90 days that's happened. So don't ever sit here, stand here, watch wherever you are, whenever you see this, if it's at a later time, and think that what you have, your spoil, cannot be touched. A lot of people look beautiful. Their portfolio was beautiful before this thing hit this country. They had a business that was rock solid. And then all of a sudden, without any warning, any preparation... They were able to watch it all go, and it's gone forever now. Because you, you can't recoup from that. David accepted his responsibility and he repented, but David paid. See, he knew that it, he couldn't play church, he couldn't play games, he couldn't play God no more. He couldn't be the king. God was trying to talk to him and teach him it wasn't because you were the king that got you into trouble that you're in now. It's because you forgot that you're really not the king. I'm the king. You're still the shepherd boy, and you're not looking over your daddy's sheep. You're looking over my sheep. And so he got his eyes off of being God's shepherd and got his eyes on being his own king, and he wanted to feel good about 1.3 million people that were not his. And when he did it, it cost him something. God had to bring him back down. That's why he said... Shepherd, I'm the shepherd. You see, we can't forget who we are, where we are with God, and what God did for us. Every day, let my mouth be filled with the praise of God. David paid. He paid dearly. He would not accept Arana's free gift because he was king. Hey, you can have it all. He said, no, I can't do this. I can't play king games anymore. I've got to pay. I've got to feel this. There's been 70,000 homes already felt this. It's time for me to feel this. How long have you prayed about God using you during the coronavirus? How much time have you prayed about it? The coronavirus. I'm talking about COVID-19. Ha, have you paid yet? Have you held on to money and things and, and all this like you're just going to keep it forever? And it could leave you overnight. Man, I, I, I could... There's stories. You could probably 
pull them up on the internet, but there are stories about people, I just said it, that were rock solid, man. It's gone, folks. What, what, what have you done during this? God laid something on your heart to do it, but you didn't do it. And let, let me just tell you, because I know pride's working its way through this parking lot right now, but in the name of Jesus, God knows what I'm talking about. And I want you to know, I'm not just talking about money. Have you, have you let God use you in a financial way? Not just to the church, but somebody, but other things. Have you just put your life down and said, well, there ain't much time left. I'm going to live the rest of my life for God. I don't really care about TV like I used to. I don't care about this. I don't care about... Have you just put it all down and said, the, the remainder of the days I have are going to be spent for God. Have, has it cost you anything? Have you paid because the church has allowed this thing to escalate to get where it is? Have you paid? You know when people start paying? When it knocks on their door and says, I'm home now. That's when people want to pay. Kind of late then. There's already 70,000 graves. Not only did David pay, but David prayed. David prayed. He built an altar. He, he spent money. He wanted to fill it. He wanted to, to know that my bank account ain't never going to look the same anymore because I've had to come off some shekels for something that I've done. So David paid. But David said, not only am I just giving this, a lot of people will do stuff like that. But he said, I'm not going to do that. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay, and here I am. I'm, I'm going to build an altar, and I'm going to worship God like I used to dance when my wife used to tell me I looked like a foolish man dancing before my God. He said, it's time for me to get back to business. It's time for me to get back to holy living. It's time for me to get back to like I'm a soldier and I'm a stranger and a pilgrim. I can't just be a mediocre, generic Christian anymore. It's time for me to get back to business with God. And so David says, it's time to go back to worship. I'm going to turn back into the praise and worship leader. I'm going to turn back into the man that dances before God with all my heart. He said, it's time for me to not only pay up, but it's time for me to pray up and worship God in spirit and in truth. Have you done any worshiping through this? Have you done any real worshiping? I mean, have you just worshiped God in the storm? Have you done that? Now, the last thing I want to tell you, David paid, David prayed, but then David survived the plague. The Bible says, in the 24th verse, I believe it's the 24th verse, that when David brought his offering, he brought it to the threshing floor. See, not only did he give money, but he used what he had given to buy, to not only buy the land, but to buy the the animals he would need to have peace with God again and for the people to experience the hand of the, the death angel to be removed. See, church, what I'm telling all of us today, I want to get back in that building, but I don't want to get back in that building to rot. I want to get back in that building because I saw a mighty revival and I was part of a mighty revival outside of that building that looked dead in the eyes of COVID-19 and says, 
Stop right here in the name of Jesus. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And you must leave in the name of Jesus. That's why I want to get back in there. But I realize what it's going to cost for the virus to be stayed and for it to be removed. We've got to be a praying people. We've got to be a paying people. We've got to be a worshiping people. How many people will come back to life through all of this? Or will we just wait on it to be over with? The snowstorm will be gone and all the ice will be melted. Then we'll get back to work. It's not going to happen that way in the name of Jesus. God is calling His army. He's calling His bride. And we've got to hear that. We've got to understand that. We've got to wake up in the name of Jesus and see that God has spared my life and my family so we can make a difference right now. And we are the people that can bring this thing to a halt. We are the people. Don't look on TV. Don't try to look on the internet. We are the people bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I can do it. Get your eyes off of government. All people are doing with this is playing political games. And I hope we don't have one fool here that falls for that. If you're mesmerized by stimulus packages and bailouts... And this side's going to give us this much. That side just gave us this much. I'm going to tell you something, a good economics lesson. This country will never, ever get out of the debt it's in until the Antichrist steps on the scene. It will not happen. We couldn't get out of debt when we were doing business with people. You don't want to hear that, but in the name of Jesus, I owe it to my God and I owe it to the sheep of this pastor to tell you the truth. You're not going to hear it on major news networks. You know what you're going to hear? All that's gone. I just told you this a week ago. Broadcasting. We don't know anything about professional journalism anymore. All these major networks, they hire movie stars, retired athletes, uh, the political analysts, that's who's giving you the news and you better quit chewing it up and digesting because it's from the pit of hell. It's from the hand of the devil. You better look into the eyes of Jesus and believe what he said. Look up your redemption's drawing nigh or you may find yourself in the middle of a mess you won't get out of. I believe that the, the plague can be stayed right now. I believe it can, church. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Oh, Molana Mosia, hey, Makatarada Mosi. Oh, Malachia, glory to his name. You are high and lifted up. Your train fills the temple. We are the people, the sheep of your pasture. We belong to you. You bought us and we glorify that name that's above all names. We worship the name that's higher than any other name. You are the God of all gods. You are the creator of man. And we bless your holy name this morning, God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is speaking to you today. 
He's speaking to me today. He's speaking to whoever will listen. Whoever has an ear, let him hear. God is trying to tell us that really the body of Christ, our best days are possible. And they're right in front of us right now. The Lord would have you to know today that if you will pay and you will pray, that you will watch this plague do something that the world cannot do with it. You will watch the plague in your life, the plague of depression, the plague of doubt, the the plague of not knowing. You will see it in the name of Jesus. Begin to bow down because every knee bows, every tongue confesses at the name of Jesus. The plague of cancer, the plague of marital strife, the, the, the plague between opposition of family members and co-workers and schoolmates, classmates. You will see that plague if you will be willing to pay and pray. You'll see God move that plague through the faithfulness. God, we bless you right now. I glorify you in the name of Jesus. God, I want you to have your way. I want you to have your way. Lord, with all of this, God, we need a breakthrough that we can... God, we need a breakthrough that we can see on our sons and our daughters. God, we need a breakthrough that we can can initiate. I'm praying today, Lord, people understand. You're not looking for a fancy tele-evangelist to do this with, some para-ministry somewhere. You're looking for a humble old shepherd boy, shepherd girl. You're looking for a saint of God who understands really what's going on, has a lot of prophetic ramifications that we need to wake up and be a part of. And God, that's all you want to find is a willing vessel right now. And Lord, you'll show us great and mighty things that we know not of. God, we commit right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We commit in the name of Jesus. God, to rend our hearts and not our garments. We want you, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. To know that we're not going to blend in. We're not going to cave in. We're not going to get all excited about what a judge says or what he don't. We got a bigger problem, Lord, on our hands and whether we can meet inside a building or not. God, we got to seek you. We got to do the work of an evangelist in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost on this property right now. Oh, glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Molakataya. Oh, glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, God. I don't want to frustrate your grace or disappoint you, Lord, by being naive through in this time. But God, I want to seek you while you may be found. I want to call upon you while you are near. Hallelujah. Yes, I do. I believe God's trying to break it through right now. I believe God is trying to liberate somebody. 
I believe God is trying right now to give you an invitation that you've never really accepted before. You've taken the enemy up on pride invitations before, but God's given you a different invitation right now.